from day one, like before I had any employees or anything like that, I was like, I never want to get so big in the company that I lose the vision and I lose this service of what we're doing. I don't know if that's one airplane or 300 airplanes that we're taking care of and managing. And we're kind of at the point where like, hey, you know what? Let's hit the pause button. Let's make sure that we are providing the best service that we can, right? Let's make sure that we're holding our brand and right. that our brand recognition of what we're doing is what we're preaching, right? Right. On a lot of that stuff. And the biggest part of that is making sure that, that the pilots are happy. Your business is not a pyramid. It's a round table where every voice should matter. You're listening to the Culture Camp Podcast, where we believe that if you build your dream team, anything is possible. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organizations. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Here is your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I'm really excited about this episode. I have the man, Lauren Duke. Lauren, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much, man. It's an honor. Heard a lot about it, and uh, I was I was flattered when you asked me, man. So thank you so much. It's cool to be here. I'm really, really excited for this episode. First off, because I'm a super plane buff. Everybody knows, anybody knows me, I'm obsessed with airplanes. Lauren is the founder, owner, CEO of Duke Aviation, founded in 2012, based out of Salt Lake City. You're almost at around 20, uh, 20 employees, and he is one of the top private management companies. So uh, 91, um, we're not talking about charter, but specifically top private management companies for airplanes in the country. They've had 200% growth since 2020, and I'm really excited about this episode because it's such a fascinating industry, right? Like airlines are totally different than the private company or private sector of aviation. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into this and see how you, you know, you've been able to create what we can create. Yeah. Ready to roll? Absolutely. Let's do man. It. Yeah. All right. Well, first off, I want to start out off air. We were just talking about you've had your pilot's license since before you could drive. I want to start like at the beginning of, you know, maybe growing up of why you became a pilot and what, like why, what your aspirations were and what your goals were, you know, starting out from the beginning. Yeah, for sure, man. So I grew up down in Houston, Texas. All my family for the most part, I've been in aviation or some sort of aviation, right? My dad was an airline pilot. My grandpa was an airline pilot. So ever since I was a kid in kindergarten, right? People would ask, what are you going to do when you grow up? Like, man, I want to be a pilot, right? I had this right. image of this airline pilot, hat, shirts pressed, <laughs> right? They're getting off. They got their roller bag. They're walking as a crew to this airplane. I was like, man, that's so cool, right? So I just had this clear vision in my head. That's what I wanted to do. So... We grew up on a ranch out in, in Texas. It was a fully wooded ranch. My dad and I got some equipment. We started clearing the ranch out. And we built a grass runway. And I'm at like 12. This really? Point, right? My dad's throwing me on a dozer. Doing all this <laughs> shit out there, right? We're just going for it. So we built this grass runway. And um, every time my dad would come home from a trip, we had a little airplane there. And I'm like, dad, let's go fly. Let's go fly. You know, he should come back from Tokyo. Last thing he wants to do is go fly an airplane. Right? He wants right. to grab a cold beer and relax, right? And I'm like, right. let's go, let's go. So he'd, he'd throw me up in the front, man. We'd go fly around just for hours, watch the sunset and everything like that. So it was just such a big part of my life growing up. And, you know, it made such a big imprint of, of like what I wanted to do, right? So start going there. I start getting my training. You know, every time I'm meeting the age requirements of where I can get some of these licenses and do that, I was just like on top of it. So I actually had my pilot's license before my driver's license. Really? So I'd call my buddies up, right? And we'd go meet out. We lived out in the middle of nowhere, so... Like, hey, pick me up at the airport. I can fly. I don't have a truck. I don't have a driver's license, but I'll fly the plane to you. Pick me up. We'll go party. And then we can come come home the that, next day or something awesome. like that. Right. So yeah. And, and 
So fast forward into the career. So I get my pilot's license. I move up to Boise. My mom's family lives in Boise area. Okay. First job, I was like, you know, I'm paying for flight time and anything I could do. I was like, man, I got to go make, at some point, I got to make money doing this thing, right? I'm trying to build up time and experience. Right. So I get this opportunity to go and fly for a skydiving company. It's on this little drag strip. Okay. Zero money, right? I'm super broke. I'm like 18. I just turned 18, got my commercial license. So I'm getting like $7 a load taking these people up. Like nothing, right? So I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do something, right? Like I, I gotta make more money. It's seven bucks every time I fly these people. The airplane was the biggest piece of shit airplane I've ever seen. I, <laughs> I wore a parachute as well. You know what? I actually went skydiving in San Diego. The pilot wore a parachute. I'm like, yeah. what? Why are you wearing a parachute? He's like, well, we lost the plane, you know, a while back, and so we just it's customary to to wear a parachute. And I'm like, oh, great. And it was the most rusted. The door oh, didn't dude. shut, so my feet were hanging out the yeah. entire time from takeoff to jump out. My feet were literally hanging out of the airplane. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I can't wait. I'm like, I can't wait to get out of this airplane. Like, totally. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and so, you know, I'm in the same boat and I'm like talking to the owner. I'm like, you know, 18, I'm a kid at this time, right? And the guy's like, oh yeah, man, here's your airplane like that. And I'm like, bro, this thing even sputters and I can't glide it back down on the runway. I'm out. Right. And he's like, uh, I'm like, I'm out, dude. I'm leaving your airplane. Everybody's bailing. This thing can go off in the woods or something. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So the only way I was like, man, I was like, I got to do something. So I go to the, the instructors and I was like, hey, you know, and they had kids that didn't have that much time. Well, I'd been growing up around airplanes. I wasn't very comfortable in the airplane. I was like 20 bucks. If I beat you on the ground, you owe me 20 bucks. And that was the only way I could make money. Right. So I was getting $7. Then I'd race the instructors and the people skydiving. So I just pull the airplane up into a spin. I'm in there by myself and I'd spin it all the way down wow. to the ground. They'd beat me like when they're free falling, but as soon as they pulled the shoe, we could beat them, right? And right. I'd roll up there and I'm unhooking my seatbelt and stuff, turning the airplane off and roll it in. And so, That's so awesome. yeah, it was kind of a fun, you know, fun first job for sure. Right. Uh, Sounds like a blast. Building some time and stuff. So That's awesome. So how long did you do that for? It was short lived, man. So I did that. I moved back down to Texas six months, eight months really? or something like that. Right. So I was just moving Moved back down to Texas. I got an opportunity to fly for a charter company down there, uh, find a private jet. So I was 19 at the time. They hired a guy to go fly this airplane. The guy ended up failing the course, the training. I walk in there as a kid, 19 years old. I couldn't even buy my own beer on the road, right? I'm like right. trying to go fly this jet and get an opportunity. The guy's like, owner of the company's like, look, man, we'll hire you, but you pay for the rating up front. If you pass it, you got a job. I'm like, done. Really? No idea what I'm doing. Right? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. So... Go get this job. I fly for that company for like four years. What a shitty company, dude. Just really? flying all over the place and just going. But I needed jet time. I needed experience. I learned a lot from that. A lot of what not to do in a company and good culture. Right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So did that. Then, um, you know, after that, I always thought I wanted to go to the airlines. So I went to the airlines and the airlines were horrible. Um, you know, everybody told me I needed a degree to go work for the airlines, be an airline pilot. And I was like, man, I don't know. You know, watch me. Right. I can do it without a degree, right? Right. So I finally get into the airlines, hated it, man. Just absolutely hated it. What was what was the biggest difference between, you know, flying private with a shitty company and then flying with the airlines? You know, the private stuff is, you know, it's like driving somebody's Rolls Royce around, right? For right. or something like that. You know, it's you know, you get good meals, you're going all over the place. So you have no idea where you're going in right. the world, right? I mean, you could be anywhere. Whereas the airlines are very structured. You're like, oh, dude, I got that Memphis turn again. I got all the frequencies memorized. Right. And so it's just very boring. And like the airplanes, you know, the performance of the airliners and stuff like that are just not anywhere close to what a private jet can do. 
And I was just a, I mean, you're just a number at the airlines. You know, my dad just retired after being from United. At, he was there for like 37, 38 wow. years. Dude, not even a phone call. Like really? Nothing. Not even, hey man, thanks for, thanks for being a great pilot. Thanks for being a great employee. Nothing. Really? Yeah. It's gone. That's crazy. It's disappointing. Yeah. That's, that's super disappointing. And you know, he, he worked for 37 years. That's a long time to work for anywhere. And for sure, you know, just, Hey, you know, not even a, not even a, Hey, appreciate you. See, it's a yeah. go, ghosted. Yeah. And that there's, where's the loyalty? Yeah, totally. So that's I'm like crazy. working at the airlines. So I'm working there four months, right? This is my goal, right? This is my goal to work there. You got to be. I mean, like you thought about this your entire life working for the airlines. Yeah. With the captains. I mean, I, I'm, I have a very similar story. We, we can get in a little bit, but you know, I, how was that when you got in the airlines and you had this expectation of what it was going to be like? And your dad probably gave you some, you know, advice maybe, but maybe kind of let you figure it out on your own. How was that when you first got there and yeah, you got the captain, you know, everything's, you, you got what you, what you'd been dreaming of. And then, then what? I mean, you know, the initial call, I'm like, I did it right. Like, this is my goal. I finally like crushing it. I get there for like four months and I'm like, this is horrible. Like it's such a different expectation and reality of like what I did. Really? So I, I quit. I quit. I go to my dad. I'm like, hey, I might've made a mistake, right? I quit. I'm, I'm out. Right. I hate the culture. I hate everything about what I was doing. I'm like, I'm not spending my life for a company that doesn't care about me. Right. right? Which totally makes and, sense. I mean, I don't think you should. I don't think anybody should. No, not at all. Right. And I mean, so I dropped airplanes. I didn't get in an airplane for a year. I'm really? dirt poor. I was on track to do like 30 grand gross the first year of working for the airlines. 30 grand. Dude, I was like, I'll go throw bags. Like, I don't right. give a shit about being a pilot. I need to make some money. Right. Right. Which is so, so interesting because like beginning pilots, like those SkyWest, those connection pilots, they get nothing. Like nothing. No. I mean, it's crazy that you're the pilot of, you know, 100 people on the back and you're responsible for their safety, everything's going on. All the work that you've done, all the hours that you put in getting certified, or your commercial, twin jet, all that stuff. And you make 30 grand a year. And that's what they, and, and then, then it's funny, the airlines are complaining right now. Hey, you know, we're having a hard time hiring pilots. And yeah. it's like, yeah, because you're literally hiring someone that could go check. I'm sure the bag checkers at the front counter that are checking bags make more money than oh, that. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. In fact, I was like, give me that guy's job. Right. I'll, I'll go throw the bags in this airplane. Not, I don't really stressful. It. Right. So I'm like, I'm out, man. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out of aviation. I'm like, I'll go do something different. Right. I didn't get into an airplane for a solid year, which I'd never done that in my life. Right. And it was like a big change of point, right? I'm in Houston. I hate Houston. Horrible. I'm a little like, humid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just all the things I like to do. Right. And so it was right. like, I got married super young. My first marriage was like really, really young, kind of a rocky road. Right. Like, I mean, just starting out, I'm all over the board. So I moved to South Texas. I mean, man, I just need to make some money. I called one of my old bosses up. I was like, Hey, I'll come run equipment, like heavy equipment to bulldozers and stuff for that. I did that for about eight months, came and visited my sister in Utah fell in love with Utah, man. I'm like, this place is so cool. Really? At this point, my career, what I thought of my career, everything I worked for at this point was just all up in there, right? Like I'm running a bulldozer. Right. Fully rated, fully like airline transport pilot rating, multiple type ratings and all this stuff. And I'm running a bulldozer, right? That's, that's wild. So I moved to Utah and I'm like, man, I have no clue. Didn't know a single pilot in Utah, period. Nothing. New, really? Nobody. So I move here, dirt poor. I'm going through a divorce. I'm like, man, I, I, I got to do something. Nobody would hire me, right? I'm like taking any money I have and putting it in a little leather portfolio and printing my resume out on nice paper and going hand it out. Never even got a call back, wow. nothing, right? I'm like, dude, what? I'm like, you know what? Whatever. If I can go make 20 bucks doing something, doesn't matter what, right? So I'm like going right. to my neighbors. I'm like, hey, dude, I'll wash your truck for 20 bucks, right? I'm a fully rated pilot. 
Right. I'm like washing my neighbor's truck for 20 bucks. I'm like, hey, I'll paint your fence for a hundred bucks, right? I go to go to a, a roofing company. I did like some roofing stuff on uh, like paying for all my schooling. Wow. For hurricane relief stuff. So we'd go down and like all in the Gulf States when I was down in Texas. And so I knew how to roof. And so I went to this company, dude, had a hammer, <laughs> my pants on and everything. Like that day I showed up at like five in the morning because I knew they were going to start early. And I was like, dude, I need a job. I'm like, great. When can you start? I'm like right now. Let's go. I'm ready to roll. So I was working and I was like, this is horrible, right? I mean, I had gone, felt like I'd regressed, like in everything in my life that I've done, right? I'm like, dude, I am back. I'm, I'm further away from where I was when I was 16. Right. And it was good. It was good for me, man. I learned a lot about myself at that time that I think gave me a lot of drive, right? To like pick my shit up and actually right. do something, right? What was the biggest thing you think you learned? How to work really fucking hard, yeah. right? I mean, I was on this, I mean, I don't know how much money I was making, but it wasn't much. And I could, I was like on track to not pay my bills. So I go to the owner of the company. I was like, dude, let, I'm working seven days a week. Give me like, let me be a foreman. I'm on a tear off crew, not even roofing crew, right? right. Tear off crew. And I'm like, I remember I fell asleep one night in my dirty clothes on my kitchen in this shitty little basement I was renting, going through a divorce. I'm covered in like asphalt and sweat. Didn't even take a shower. Didn't even eat dinner. I fall asleep. Wake back up at like four in the morning. I look myself in the mirror. I look like shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, I will never be this broke again. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get myself out of this hole. And that was good. I mean, it sucked in the time, right? I didn't know. I didn't have a clear plan of what I was going to do. Right. But I'm like, you know what? You work hard enough. You will get anything you want to get accomplished on. For sure. And that's where I was at, right? right. Um, which was, it's crazy recapping it, right? I was like, God yeah. damn. That was 11 years ago. Really? Started the company 10 years ago. Yeah. So wow. it's kind of cool looking back, you know? That's awesome. So after that, after that day that, you know, you can say it's probably a defining moment in your life, you know, where, well, where you looked sure. yourself in the mirror and said, you know, I got to do something different, which I feel like a lot of people have in their life. And some people have that moment and they don't do anything with it. And it sounds like obviously you did something with it. How are you able to overcome, you know, a lot of like the mental part of what you did? Because I have a very similar story. Like I was, you know, making a lot of money and then I was going through divorce and lost everything and working at a cabinet shop, just building cabinets. And this was just a few years ago. And it was very hard for me mentally to accept it. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm guaranteeing my own success. And I had that divine, d divining moment where I was like, hey, I got to do something different. And, and, and I did. And it sounds like, you know, four o'clock in the morning on that day, that was a huge moment in your life where you're like, I'm a badass pilot. I'm type rated at everything you can possibly imagine. And I'm roofing covered in tar and all this stuff. You know, what was the next step for you? And how were you able to climb out of that? Because a lot of people, they wish and they wish and like they, oh, they poor me and I hate my situation and I hate this and I hate that. And they never do anything with them. So what did you do to get out of that situation? Yeah. And like a lot of people, right? This, this sense of like entitlement, right? Is, right? is something that I absolutely hate, right? Like, oh, I deserve to do it. You don't deserve shit right? You can get up and work and build whatever you want to build. That's how you get it, right? And so I was like, I need to get back in aviation. I need a network, whatever I can do, right? So I started working for a company that had a little flight school. Um, okay. I had kept all my flight instructor ratings up to date, never used them because I'm flying for the airlines, right? Like I don't need them. Right. That's kind of a rudimentary position of what you do, right? So right. most of the time people will get their flight instructors, they'll fly and, you know, do flight instruction, teach people that, then move from there once they get hours into. Right. It's interesting that the like newest that. pilots are the flight instructors. Yeah. Right. It's like a blind man leading a blind man. Yeah. I always thought that was because I was, you know, back in 2000, I saw the certificate. I think it was 2012 or 13. 
I took flight school up at Nanagan Airport for, oh, yeah. for helicopters. Oh, right on. And I was like, fine with the guy. And he's like, yeah, like I just graduated. <laughs> and then I got my, like, my instructor's license about like, like three weeks ago. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like you're teaching me. It's terrifying. Like, like, let's go. Yeah, let's go back what, to the airport. Yeah, I was like, I don't really feel, know, know about this. But it's just, it's a fascinating world like that. Aviation is a weird industry, man. Like you, you can't really like go and intern for something. And there's just like big gap, right. right? Where kids are getting, you know, like, oh, cool. I got, you know, you get your commercial license at 250 hours. Right. Well, we can't enter a pilot unless they have like a few thousand. Right. Well, what the hell do you- what, It's an what, awkward gap. What are you doing between that? Right? right. And it's expensive gap. Totally. Yeah. I mean, these airplanes are ridiculously expensive, right? And right. you're not making shit for money. Right. So anyways, I go up to Heber- chat with this company. They have a, a little aerobatic airplane that like they do Red Bull air races and stuff like that, right? For the sure. owner has one of those. Um, he had another backcountry like bush plane, like a tailwheel airplane. And I had experience in all of this stuff growing up. You know, right. my dad's buddies in, in the airlines and stuff like that had some really cool airplanes. Right. So I go up to this guy and I'm like, hey, I need a job. I don't want to roof anymore. This sucks. I need to get back in. And I was like, my thought was like, if I get into flying just anything and I'm missing it, man, like every time, I mean, even still to this day, airplane flies over. I'm like, look it up. That's me totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm the dude out the window and I'm flying like, you know, I'm like, I was getting a window seat because I'm staring at everything working. Yeah. My wife's over like rolling her eyes. Like, really? You're, like, You're still a kid. I'm like, totally. I love right. this shit. Right. So I go and I get a job. And he's like, hey, can you do that? So we're doing like aerobatic, like thrill rides for people. It was good for me. Like it was good getting in this airplane and just giving it, dude. I mean, I'm going through a divorce, bro. Getting in this airplane and just going and doing some of the hardest aerobatics, right? They're just super taxing and fatiguing on your body. Right. Was like my, that was my therapy. Really? Like to get away from the ground, leave all this shit on the ground and just go do some rowdy the stuff plane, in an airplane. Yeah. The passenger. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, I would dial it back for the passengers because you can, you can hurt somebody if they're right. not used to it and stuff like that. But then, you know, I'd go out and practice on my own or, or do something like that. Yeah. And it was, That's it was cool. really good. And so I did that for a year and I was like, man, I need to just get my feet back on. In the meantime, I'm just networking like crazy. Right. And at this time I don't have any, like, I don't have any goals or anything to start a company. Right. I'm like, I'm looking for a pilot job. Like I'm, I want to go do that. Right. Right. So I started flying a, a Pilatus, a PC 12, doing some contract stuff for a client that had an airplane up in Heber. Okay. And started working with it. Well, one of the guys that owns it, a super awesome guy was like, Lauren, you need to start your own company. I was like, what? Like, did I never even, I barely graduated high school. Like I'm just a dumb pilot, bro. Like I will fly <laughs> your airplane, but I'm not, you should not trust me with anything else on the business side of the right. Right? And so kept on me, man, we're have like having copies like call me up. He's like, Hey, meet me in, meet me in Kimball, man. We're going to have a cup of coffee. And, and, uh, you know, I want, I want to, I want to get your business plan. And I'm like fighting. I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Right. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm capable. I don't know if I'm smart enough. I don't know what, right. And I didn't have, right. you know, you'll see like all these NBA students, right. Like, oh, and they have this super dialed in plan of like, here's the exact execution. And that stuff doesn't mean shit. Right. Right. I mean, like you can have kind of an idea, but you're not going to be able to draw a piece of paper or a plan and say, right. here's every little problem I'm going to come across. It never works like that. No. Ever. It doesn't even work like that for the next two weeks. No. Because everything's going to be, everything's different. Everything's changing. Totally. And you're dealing with people. You can never be predict people. Yeah. You're trying to guess what the market's going to do. Right. I mean, my right. own company's based on a bunch of stuff that people don't really need. Right? right. And so you're trying to play the market of like where that's coming. It's like, Psh, man, don't even worry about that stuff. Right. And right. so, you know, and I was scared, honestly, at that point in my life, I had already failed in my mind with my relationship with my ex-wife. I had failed as far as what I thought I wanted to do as a career. Dude, to be honest with you, I was scared. I was scared of failing again. It was so fresh in my mind right. that I'm like, I don't know. Right. And it wasn't the easy path, right? Like starting a company up at that time, I'm dirt poor. 
right? I'm not, I don't know anything about running a company. I don't have an MBA, which I thought was like super crucial to like run a successful company and all of this stuff, right? right. And I'm like scared. And I finally woke up one night and I'm like, dude, you know what? Fuck it. I'm in. What's the worst thing happened? I've failed more times than I can ever count in my life. And that doesn't mean anything, right? Like right. Edison, well, I mean, you know, fortunately the dude didn't give up. Right. He failed 999 times. Right. Or he'd be sitting here in the dark with no light bulbs, right? I mean, the dude <laughs> right. just kept going and kept going, right? And I For mean, sure. it's a, a, one of my favorite sayings, right? He's like, I, I never failed. I just found a thousand ways that didn't work. Right. And that's like- And it's, that, that's so powerful because it's so true. Totally. You know, a lot of people ask me like, hey, what do I do? I'm like, don't be scared of failing. Do it. Right. Right. Like, what's the worst gonna happen? You'll be exactly where you're at right now. Learn from it. Right. Right. Like, learn from it. And be like, oh man, that's like that cost me a lot of money. Right. I'm not gonna do that again. Right. right? <laughs> that's where. That's <laughs> yeah. where I was yeah. at. Now, right? if you keep making the same stupid mistakes all the time, that's just shame on you. But yeah, I mean, learn from everything you do. So I jump in this thing, man. I was like, you know what? I'm. I'm sure. I don't know anything about running a company, but I'm in, man. Like, let's go and do it. I'm single at the time, and so when I first started out, I was like, man, I was like, I need to go and work every single day. And I was like, man, if I can be on the road, I can get everything I need to do done in Scottsdale or San Diego or San Francisco or wherever I'm at, right. I can multitask. I can fly an airplane and go do all my work. So I was on the road, like initially, like, you know, 29, 30, probably 29 to 30 days average a month, almost wow. every day I was gone for wow. the first, like probably two years really? or so in the company, just gone. I'm single, man. I mean, like, why right, not? Yeah. Right? I mean, might as well go travel around. For sure. Um, it's every every single person's dream, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when I, you know, and I'm flying these little turboprop airplanes, which I absolutely love. But it was kind of just a different, different change in world from coming from the airlines back into where I was at. So, yeah, that was kind of the change of like what got everything started. No, that's, um, that's an epic story, man. Because I think that's so powerful. And people go through shit all the time. Stuff happens to everybody. You can use the exact same reasons and excuses of why to do something and why not to do something. Because I guarantee I can go get a bunch of people out there. The lot kind of, you know, quote unquote, you know, the career didn't work out. They're going through a divorce and poor me and poor me and poor me. And that's why they've never done anything. And then you could take someone like you who went through the exact same thing. Career didn't work out, going through a divorce. And you found every reason, you know, why to make it work. And you're like, okay, I have to just do this because I, I you know, I, 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 you want to. And it's just fascinating with different, you know, talking to different people about like, oh, I, you know, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that because of X. I'm like, well, there's just excuses are just excuses. Like, you know, you can do anything. You know, I believe you can do anything you put your mindset, mindset or mind to within reason. Like obviously Jason, yeah. you know, I'm not going to run 200 miles right now because I believe I can, I'll probably die. <laughs> but you know, it's got to be within reason. But I think it's so cool that you kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. And you kind of never let your dream of aviation go by the wayside and never, I mean, I'm sure there was some times where you're questioning or why, especially when you first started your company, you know, I want to talk about that, of how, you know, you're on the road running PC-12s. Was it, was it PC-12 yeah, mostly? Yeah, yeah, initially it was all. So, PC you know, you're, you're on the road running pc twelve. You're gone 30 days a month and you just started your own company. I'm sure there was times that you're, you know, in a hotel room away, you know, trying to figure out why am I doing this? Why, like, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't just easy. Unless it was, I mean, you can say that, but I'm sure it was tough, especially because, you know, you're, you just said like your personality, the way you grew up wasn't around business, it's about aviation. Yeah. And I think it's so important for people to know that like, you don't have to know everything before you start a business or do something like that because you never will. And people get like paralysis by analysis. And it's like, like I was like doctors, like they don't know everything when they graduate. Now I hope they know a lot. Like, you know, I'm hope I'm surgery number 999, not 
number yeah. one. <laughs> sure. So, but they can't know everything when they graduate. It's a practice, right? They're always doing everything. And same with aviation. Like you never pretty much have the exact same flight twice. It's all a little bit different. You're dealing with weather. You're dealing with different weights in the airplanes. You're dealing with all kinds of different things. It's, it's, you got to be on your, your game. And so talk about a little bit of how that was very first starting and in any struggles that you went through at the beginning. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was just, you know, on my end that I didn't know was just the uncertainty, right? I did know one thing. I loved airplanes. I've always loved airplanes, right? I'm just like, I'm just fascinated. I think they're just so cool. Airplanes, helicopters, right? Like anything right. that I was flying. And I was like, wanted to jump into any kind of airplane. And I was like, man, you know, when I dropped that in my life, when I was running those equipment and bulldozers and stuff like that, I like missing it. And I was like, you know what? It's not airplanes I don't like. It's all these shitty companies that I'm working for. That's what I don't like, right? right? Like, I don't like being a number. I don't like being treated like shit and doing some job, you know, dad spending, you know, 30 plus years in this airline and not even a thank you, not nothing, right? Wow, not even a crazy. card or anything. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. There's more to life and jobs than to work for that, right? right? So I'm starting this and I'm like, I have this vision of like, you know, I'm so critical on all these other business owners and these employers. Well, why don't I go try it? And that's like part of my decision-making. I was just like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do it. It's still at this point, I, I didn't really realize that it was going to grow into something that it is now. But I'm like, I'll at least build my company that I want to work at. I'm going right. to build my own job that I'm happy to go to work for, right. right? That I wake up early, that I go work on my day off because I enjoy it and I love what I do. Right. I already got airplanes. Now I just need to put the company around it, right? For sure. And that's where that building process comes. I, I would try not to look ahead too much as far as all of the ways you can fail. Just look at the ways how you can succeed. Don't worry about the other stuff, right? For sure. And that was where I was at initially. And I was like, man, just head down. Let's go, right? Let's just right. go and push as hard as we can. Um, Hell yeah. Which, you know, there's no secret to success, right? Right. On that. The secret is just work your ass off. Right. Just go and push. Figure out the stuff you need to figure out whenever you get to that point. Learn the lessons you need to do. Right. It's not worth saying, just work your ass off, right? That right. works really well. Yeah. <laughs> Massive action. Because, you know, you just have all these dreams and aspirations. You don't do anything, you know, to, to get yourself there. Then you just kind of have a lot of dreams and aspirations. And you're just sitting there. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's huge. You know, when you first started... And you're going down this path and you're running and you're doing all this stuff. How important was it for you to surround yourself? Like, th did you surround yourself with a team? Did you go get count, you know, like mentorship or anybody or learn from anybody to start building what you've been able to build? Absolutely, man. I mean, like I've had just some amazing mentors. What was really cool is, you know, I knew the airplane stuff, the how to take care of an airplane, what to do, how to fly. You know, there's a lot of pride and I think, you know, pride's kind of a, a negative word sometimes. Right. But to be a good pilot, right? I mean, good fighter pilots are, are somewhat prideful in the fact that they want to be the best at what they're doing. That makes them a good pilot. Right. Right. So I had a little bit of pride in the fact that I wanted to, you know, be the best pilot I can. And I felt like I was a, a good professional pilot. Well, all of these, our clients and the owners that we had, they needed a pilot. I needed a business mentor. And I'm sitting across the country with a lot of these really cool guys that we started working with, you know, and a lot of the airplanes early on didn't have Wi-Fi didn't have internet. So I'm like with a guy that started very, very successful companies. And I have like four hours to just chit chat, a cup of coffee in the cockpit of an airplane. And we're just chatting back and forth. Right. And they gave me so much and continue to so much great business, real life experiences on what to do. Right. And I would, wow. I would have a list of questions, man. Like, I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to, you know, I'm flying back from Florida. I'm going to ask this guy about this and this, and I don't understand this, you know, and, and do they have any connections with attorney or whatever, whatever I was dealing with. Right? right. And they were so great. And I was like, you know what? 
these guys are happy to share their knowledge with somebody that truly appreciates it. Right. Right. Um, and most people are like that. Right. And like, that's something that I want to do. Like one of my biggest goals is like, I want to be in a position that I can help other people, whether that's in the company or some person, you know, some punk kid that's flying an airplane around is trying to start a company. Right. Like right. I want to help that person in whatever way I can and share the knowledge that I have. Right. right. Because it's played such a monumental, crucial part of my life on these people being willing to help me out. Right. Which well, was I, awesome. I think that's so unique because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people maybe don't have that situation where, you know, you're like, hey, by the way, you are stuck in this plane with me for the next four and a half hours and let's just talk. Like, hey, yeah. you know, pull out my notebook and boom, I got all these, I'm gonna yeah, ask all totally. these questions. You know, and sometimes they giggle and be like, come on, man. Like, what are you right. doing? But, that, but that's cool because you, and, and that might feel awkward to some people about, oh man, I don't want to bug them. I don't want to do this, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, I always say like, you miss hundred percent of shots you don't take and you just take a shot. And in, in most people I'm, I'm, I find most people, now not all, but most people are very willing to help young entrepreneurs or young people or newcomers. It doesn't matter how young, I guess, you know, young at your journey to be able to mentor, like they, they, most people want to mentor because they're usually like pro that like they, they yeah. love it like they like, oh yeah you want to do this i'm gonna help you and boom 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 because there's no really reason like i try to help as many people as i possibly can because there's no reason to reinvent the wheel cool. like i'll get i'll hook you up with whoever because i just want i just want everybody to win so i think that's really cool how you know you, we talk about 200 percent growth since 2020 we met when did we met in 2020 i think was yeah it was right yeah it was right before right before covid right was it during i can't remember <laughs> that's bad. It's been, it's been that, a, that's bad we can't remember i know i can't remember <laughs> But we, oh no, I think it's, I think we've been, I think, I think we've had the Pilatus for a year. Yeah. I think a year, a little bit more than a year. Yeah, yeah. more than a year. So yeah, we had to have met before, way before that in 2020 for sure. Yeah. Because it took a while to, to figure out that situation. You know, I just want to say from what I've seen from where you were to where you are now and like the crew, like, dude, you have your own hangar, you got your own little FBO or kind of FBO, you call it FBO? Yeah. Yeah. You got your own FBO. It says Duke Aviation right there next to Atlantic Aviation, man. I love it. I'm like, that's like a, that's, it's so cool to see the transition and the growth because I've been a lot, I've, I've been there kind of for that 200% growth. I mean, I'm not the reason for it, but I've been, yeah, been, yeah, been, totally. been there. Watching the show, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm totally watching the show <laughs> and watching the plane, the, the, the crew grow and the planes grow. And yeah. like, you know, Roderick used to fly us around all the time. Now he's graduated to a Bombardier, you know, the, or the yeah. Challenger. Um, and that, that's really cool to see you getting more planes. Cause you were, when we started, it was a lot of Pilatuses and now, you know, again, the Phenoms and you got the PC 24 coming next week. And, you got all of these different planes. It's been really, really cool to watch because I have been like such a huge fan of you guys and, you know, to, to you know, I want you guys to win and all these things. And it's, it's just so cool because I've met with a lot of different companies. We, you know, we're like my dad has an, my dad had an airplane growing up for a really long time. So there was a lot of different people out there we met with and you, there was something just different about how we met and how you were and how you operated and like you really took the time that one time we were looking at the, that Phenom 100 and the Phenom 300 and uh, that was in Atlantic's um, hangar. You took the time to show us the airplane to sit in there for like an hour and a half in the airplane with us to do everything you possibly could to just help us understand what it was and how you know things would go. And you've been able to build a team that I believe is amazing with some of the most amazing pilots because Private pilots are tough right? because you're you're basically a private pilot, but you have to go get food if they want you to get food. I mean, yeah. you're carrying bags. And, and so- I mean, you're like a full concierge. I mean, you literally, yeah. you can do whatever, right? Like right. if our client asks us to go grab McDonald's or grab their dog from the vet, right? I mean, like, right. we would, but yeah, totally. I got you. 
Right. <laughs> How have you been able to create, like, what do you think is it about Duke Aviation that you've been able to attract? Because there are a lot of companies out there. There are a lot of pilots out there that are looking for something. And a lot of them, at least from what I've been hearing, a lot of them are kind of shying away from the airlines because of just that culture, right? And you've been able to attract. I mean, you, you told me the other day, people were like, oh, like, oh, I've heard of you. Like, how'd you hear about me? Oh, I've heard about you. Everybody knows about you. How do you think you've been able to, what are like some things you've been able to do to create that company, that culture where people are literally around the country wanting to work with you? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's several different ways, right? I think realizing that flying your own airplane and flying a private airplane is a really special thing. It's a privilege that right. a lot of, that most people in the world don't get to do. These people have worked their ass off to be in a position to go fly their airplane around, right? So realizing that and, and saying, you know what, I'm going to make this the most special occasion where they're looking for reasons to go fly their airplane, right? Oh, their their daughter's named Sydney when she loves Red Starburst, right? Well, have Red Starburst on there every time they go flying, right? The right. owner's wife likes this type or vintage of wine or whatever this is, right? Like make sure it's on there. Make sure anything that you can do to make them feel comfortable and happy and to like, use that airplane as the as the tool it's meant to be is really important, right? And then it goes all the way down into our employees as well. I mean, if somebody shows up, right, especially your pilot, if your pilot shows up and you tell them they're in a bad mood or they look like they've been drugged to the damn dirt, right? probably not the most comforting thing where your pilot, like, oh, dude, this guy's going to go fly us in this bad weather, right? And then right. they're pissed at something. Like, that's probably, like, you need to have your head on your shoulders, right? Like, this right. is a big deal. I got all my family in the back and everything else, right? Like, we don't have the the option to make a mistake, right? On a lot of that stuff. Right. And so working with our pilots and a lot of that, and it's like, guys, making a good environment, you can tell if somebody's happy immediately, right? I'm just their demeanor. So making sure that our pilots and everybody in the company have a good workplace is contagious, right? If your For pilot sure. shows up and they're in a good mood, oh man, I'm so happy to fly you guys, right? I mean, all the time our pilots are giving the owners hugs and giving their kids hugs. I mean, it's just a cool part of the company that makes a huge impression, right? right? And we're very selective on our clients too. I mean, right now, I mean, there's a waiting list and we're essentially at capacity. Yeah, that's right? what you're like telling me the other day. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not growing. And, and the big part of that is like from day one, like before I had any employees or anything like that, I was like, I never want to get so big in the company that I lose the vision and I lose this service of what we're doing. I don't know if that's one airplane or 300 airplanes that we're taking care of and managing. And we're kind of at the point where like, hey, you know what, let's hit the pause button. Let's make sure that we are providing the best service that we can, right? Let's make sure that we're holding our brand and right. that our brand recognition of what we're doing is what we're preaching, right? Right. On a lot of that stuff. And the biggest part of that is making sure that that the pilots are happy. Having a good place to work for is, is very, very important. And it rubs off on the clients and everything for like sure. that. None. And I will say every pilot that I've ever flown with has been phenomenal. I mean, I'm like, dude, let's hang out. Like, come, yeah. come with us. Because they're just such a, like, there's such a good energy. And I mean, there's been some situations where we've flown into like one was not too long ago. We flew into Portland and I thought the meeting was going to get over way earlier than it did. And it ended up being like midnight and I text, I think it was Mark. And I was like, Hey dude, I, I, mean, I don't really want to, I mean, we're going to be, be home at like four o'clock in the morning. Can we just stay the night? And he's like, Oh yeah, dude, I'd way rather stay yeah. the night instead of fly back right now. And he's like, we just, you know, we got to the, what we were getting weather in the morning. So we got to kind of fly out a little bit early. And I was like, perfect. We, then we flew out in the morning and everything was great. And he, like, I felt so bad. Like I, I was toying back and forth, canceling the meeting. And I'm like, Oh, but like, I, you know, I'm not, and then Mark's like, dude, this is what I'm here for, man. Like, yeah. we're good. Cause I was like, Hey, do you have to be home in the morning? Do you have anything going on? I want to be kind of like worried about you. So, you know, I'm not like screwing up your whole plans tomorrow. Sure. 
And he's like, no, dude, I'm good. Like, we're, we're fine. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. And I'm okay. Like, I felt so bad. But, and he just reminded me, he's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm totally here for you. I'm anything I possibly do to help you. Do you need anything? Is everything okay? I'm like, I left my, that same trip, I left my wallet in the airplane. And he's like, hey, man, you left your wallet in the airplane. Where are you staying at the hotel? I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm like 25 minutes away. He's like, okay, I'll Uber to you. I got you. I'll hook you up. Yeah. You know, I'll get, I'm like, man, thank you. Like, it's just, it's so different because I have like chartered from different companies and done things back then, back when. And, it's a little bit different. I mean, they're very, charters, you know, full blown charters, a little bit of different animal on a 135 certificate. They're a different pilot, but it's a very different culture where I know that's gotten out. And that's why you have a waiting list because of just how good of a company you run. Cause those pilots literally can, it's, it's kind of like any businesses forward facing customers. Those pilots can ruin it for you. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, you're putting a lot of trust in first off for like a good ride because you got, there's a lot of trust in them for giving a good, good flight. But then taking care of the customer and doing so many, because, you know, I'd imagine now I'm sure you have really good clients and you're very picky about them, but I'd imagine there are some people like generally in private aviation that are kind of assholes. They're just oh, have a really sure. high expectation of like, you know, I, I've, I've heard some people, you know, I had a buddy work for tech air for a really long time. And he's like, man, you, these celebrities that come in are just something else. Like you, yeah. you'd be surprised. Some of them, you know, I'm not going to name names. Some of them are fantastic. Like he's like, I love these guys. They're, they're, they're flipping everybody hundred dollar bills on the ramp. Like yeah. they're just like, they really invest. Some of them are like, you know, throwing stuff at them. If they put purple Skittles in their Skittles and they only wanted blue Skittles, like it's yeah. just, you know, dramatic, but you know, it, it's so, it's so cool that what you've been able to create, what are some things that you do with your pilots, you know, as far as culturally and to, to create that team where they do, you know, act like that and perform at such a high level all the time. Cause you know, when you're on, you're on, right. Like you can't have a, you know, bad day. Like you're saying, how, have you, what are some things you've been able to do? And, like maybe some some things that attract good pilots, good good people. Because I get the question all the time: is how do you attract good people? I think good people attract good people, right? Like I think that that pulls it in. I mean, fortunately, you know what we've been able to design and kind of our reputation within the industry. There's people calling us all the time. Hey, are you guys hiring? Where where are you at? Right? And 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 that that private corporate pilot's a hard position, right? Because you look at it from the technical expertise on what they have, right? Like obviously, the number one thing is I want to save very proficient pilot. Right. But a lot of those, right? I mean, look at the airline guys, right? Like a lot of those guys, yeah, good pilots can't hold a conversation to hold their life, right? Like save their life, right? I mean, they're just, they're right. they're duds or, you know, they they don't know when to joke. They don't know when to shut up. They don't know how to be respectful, right? And, but they're a good pilot. Well, that doesn't work in corporate aviation, right? right? Yeah, because I mean, in, in commercial, you know, hey, we're pilot, you know, flight attendants, please, you know, what I mean, you're yeah. just a couple sentence, couple sentence, couple sentence. Hey, the weather's good. We're going to land in 15 minutes, whatever. Like, and everybody's in the back thinking like, dude, shut up, man. You're messing yeah. up my movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, trying to push up like, oh man, he just paused my show. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. I don't really care what the weather is. Right. Yeah. On. Just, it, 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 there's nothing I can do about yeah. it now. It's either going to be rough or not rough. Like, so. I want to sit in the back bro. I got the middle seat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just hurry this flight up. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I think with the pilots, man, you know, we work with them. I fly with our pilots all the time. Really? Like, let's go. Let's go on a trip, right? Let's, let's, what about this? What about that? Right. And, and we'll go and we'll swap seats. So, you know, I stay current on most of our aircraft and we'll go to annual recurrent training and stuff like that. Right. One, because I really enjoy it. But also, I think I can keep a better read and be a better manager and really know where the problems actually are. Like, is there a problem with our pilots? Is there a problem with our client? Right. I and mean, we, we fired, a couple of our clients are really, and we're just like, you don't fit our mold. Wow. Like, you being disrespectful is not working. See ya. Right. And being in a position to fire a client and get rid of that and be okay with the reduction in revenue. 
is important, right? Like it right. keeps that culture in there and be like, right. I don't care if you're the chief pilot for our company or an owner of your own airplane. If you don't fit in and you're not a nice person and good to our employees or good to the people that are fueling the jet up or whatever it is, right? see ya. I don't want to surround myself. I don't want to be at a place that I'm working with people like that, regardless of who you are. Right. That's so powerful because that really shows that you care more about the culture than you care about money. Absolutely. Because if, you, if all, all you cared about was money, because I know you talk about the culture to your employees. If you didn't let go of those clients and fire those clients or let go of whoever, you know, inside your company, you're showing every single person, including your clients, including your employees, that you care more about money than you care about them. And you're setting an example. Right. Whether that's a good example or a bad example. Right. People are looking at you to say, hey, how, how are they going to react in this scenario? Right. And realizing that and be like, hey, I need to step up and not just look at the financials or the revenue or whatever that is and being like, hey, this is very important that I set the right example. And people know you're serious, right? And they're like, oh man, you, you know, you can't be a can't be a prick at Duke Aviation because they'll fire your ass, right? Right. <laughs> right. It's it's a big deal. So but everybody check each performs. Other. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And and flying with the pilots back and forth, you know, and I'll send different pilots with each other. And what we'll do is you know, I'll fly one leg and then the pilot will sit in the right seat and run like the radios and do the navigation stuff. But I also throw him a notepad. I'm like, hey, look, here's the deal. When we're in the airplane, we're equal playing ground, right? I'm not your boss. You're not my employee. We're two pilots in there. Let's both be better. So you take a notepad and you write down everything that I do wrong, right? You landed off the center line. You were five knots fast on your approach speed, right? Whatever it is. Wow. So you're, you're they're checking you. Totally. And I'm like, but... The next leg on the way home, I'll sit in the right seat. You fly the airplane. I'm going to do the same thing. Right. Then we'll go to dinner or whatever like that or grab a beer or whatever and, and chat about them. Be like, hey, like equal playing ground, right? But that's the kind of stuff that keeps you performing and keeps the employees performing at their top level because there's just, there's accountability, right? Right. Like I'm going to call you out. You do something stupid in the airplane. I'm going to call your ass out. Right. If I do something dumb in the airplane, I expect you to call me out on that as well. But it keeps everybody, you know, in that little sense of pride that what it takes to be a really good, proficient pilot, it keeps that bar always raising up. I and mean, we have some phenomenal guys. I mean, you know, a couple of, couple of our pilots, I mean, one of the guys was an F-14 Tomcat Navy pilot for really? F-18s for the Navy. I mean, you know, it's not like these rookie flight instructor kids <laughs> that are flying us, right? I mean, they're top notch. And I mean, you know, to go not, not head to head, like it's a competition, but even to just fly with them, right? I mean, their level is up oh, yeah. there, which is great, right? Like I, I've never professed that I'm like, I want to be the best and whatever we need to do to be the best. And a big part of that is not being content on where you are. Right. And just because you're the best, I'm going to keep pushing the bar so much higher that nobody else in the industry can even come close to touch with what we're doing. Right. Let's right. build that margin towards like, oh, cool. You know, the other people don't even have candy on the airplane and we're having like colored Skittles and stuff. Right. right? Like For sure. that, that type of stuff to keep I know pushing. You always got the Fiji up. water on the water. That's too. right, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's huge because. It's so important. It takes a real person, like a, a real person to check themselves to, for other people to hold themselves accountable. Because usually, you know, when you're a team leader, a manager, an owner, whatever you want to call yourself, you have, there's like a sense of like, okay, I, like I'm, I'm in charge. I'm the boss, but it takes a real like person to get, to, to want to get better, to check them, to have, you know, em, employees or pilots or whoever check you at like a, Hey, you know, up in the air, we're just, we're just two pilots. You need to like check me. I want to be like full, full blown report on me. That's huge. Most people are not doing that. You know, and, it, and it's that part of like rewind, right? Of all these jobs that I had before, you know, these guys would say, oh, Lauren, you need to do this in the airplane. I'm like, dude, you don't know shit about flying an airplane, right? 
Like you're, you're going to sit here and critique what I'm doing. You don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Well, they lose all their credibility. Right. Right. And you lose your respect for anything. I don't care if they're my boss or not. Right? And I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. Right. And I think that you can gain that level of respect and I can also help them out or see where the, the problems actually are. If we need to move something around in the company. Right. You know, I'll go fly with any one of our guys at any time. And I think that they respect that. Right. And I mean, man, I, there could be nobody on the airplane and I'm coming in trying to make the smoothest landing and I'm in there by myself. Right. right. And I'm still like just pushing myself as hard as I possibly can to go make a good landing. Nobody's right. going to see it. Right. But I know in my heart if I'm doing a good job. Right. And I think that that level and that level of respect, I think the pilots can look at that and be like, no, nah, man, you know what we're doing. Right. right. Like, and I, I, I think it helps. That's huge because most, I might personally have a really hard time holding people accountable and responsible for something I would never hold myself accountable and responsible for. So I think it's really cool that you do the same thing. Like, hey, like I, Hold you accountable to have a smooth landing, just like I hold myself accountable to have smooth landing. I hold you, you know, and and if I can't, I'm not going to hold you accountable for that because I can't. Like I, like I think I think that's huge. And I will say, like I've had some of the greatest landings. I don't think I've ever had a. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've ever felt the landing. Good, you know, especially in the PC uh, 12. Like you don't even really feel the takeoff because yeah. it's just gradual takeoff and then gradual landing. I'm excited for this phenom that we're we're about to embark on this journey because oh, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 stoked for it. Time so, to go fast. Oh yeah, I'm, I, I can't wait. It's Awesome that you've been able to create something that people want to, you know, are flocking to. Because I think that culture is a, lo a lost art. I mean, that's why I've kind of created this, this podcast and what I've been doing with some consulting and different things is I really do think that what you're talking about is a lost art because there's a lot of opportunity out there and you have to make, like you're basically building a brand. Like a lot of culture is branding, yeah. right? Like you're building the brand everybody wants to fly with in Salt Lake City. Like everybody knows who Duke Aviation, anybody I know that has an airplane you know, knows Duke Aviation. I was talking to a guy the other night in LA and he's looking, he just sold a company for gnarly amount of money. And he's like, hey, I need to buy two or three airplanes. Who would you recommend to manage them? And I'm like, well, now I got, you know, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. He's kind of one of those guys like, I don't know if I'd recommend him. Maybe I would recommend yeah. him. I don't really know. Like, you know, we'll see. But, you know, it, it, and he's like, hey, I heard you, you're, you're with Duke Aviation. How'd you get in there? And I'm like, you know, I feel like I got lucky <laughs> with it. But, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a while back, but I just really appreciate what you've been able to, to create because it makes it fun for us. It makes it, you know, I'm excited to go. I can't wait because I know the level of service I'm going to get. I know my car's going to be washed Yeah, and come back. I was totally, I had no idea that that was ever going to happen. I came back and I was driving it and looking around. I'm like, did they detail my car? <laughs> I think I text Claire. I was like, thank you so much. Like I was yeah. not expecting that. And Claire is phenomenal, by the way. You've been able to create something amazing with her. She's great. What are some things that you do with your, with your group, with your company? You know, as far as like, do you do anything like team building or get them because I know that, you know, with pilots, they're kind of everywhere, right? Yeah. And I know the pilots fly with different co-pilots all the time. And it's just, it's different schedules and different things like that. Because I, I rarely ever fly with the same two guys or, you know, at the same time, all the time, right? So how do you do anything to get yeah, them together? It, it was something that we noticed and we're like, man, we have such a cool group. I knew everybody, but there was pilots that never met other pilots, right? right. And we're like, you guys need to chat. You guys need to get together, right? So right. Like, let's do something different. And, you know, a lot of aviation has turned into like this very private thing as far as like everybody shuts the doors as fast as they can. Everything's super secretive. And I'm like, it doesn't really have to be like that, right? So we'll do like every Fridays, we open up the hangar doors and barbecue. And we'll, and we'll like cook burgers and stuff for everybody on the ramp. Like all, all the guys that like, like fuel the up the airplane, dump the labs in the airplanes, right? Like push the airplanes around. We're like, hey, Burgers and stuff every Friday. Really? Food's on us, right? It gets everybody kind of together where we're just kicking it and chit-chatting. And it seems like 
you know, it, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but you don't realize how much, you know, these guys will drop anything for us. I mean, they'll right. literally, I mean, they'll be, you know, Elon could roll in in his, in his Gulfstream and they're gonna be like, ah, we're gonna go field Duke Aviation's airplanes first, right? right. And, and so building that part of it just with outsiders and then within our team, we'll do a, a team only like kind of exclusive deal. So every Tuesdays are really slow for us just because everybody's fine on the weekends. So every first Tuesday, we'll do some kind of team event day. So the detailers take off the day. Everybody in the office takes off for the day. Really? We'll, pay, we'll pay them for the day. But we're like, we want to go do something fun. Just something, you know, let's go, let's go surfing on the lake. Let's go to Top Golf. Let's go to, I don't know, let's go shoot skeet or something, right? Like, right. And, and we'll let one of the pilots or somebody in the company host it. I'm like, here's a company card. Let's go do something fun. Really? Let's all hang out as a team. You know, and that's something the airlines don't have. Like you, you were always working to try to screw the company over, right? Like I'm going to call in sick on this trip and then I go on current and then I go to training and they're going to have to pay me. And I'm like, nah, that shit doesn't fly. Everybody's pulling on the same end of the rope. I don't expect everybody to pull the same amount or the same energy, but you better be on the same end of the rope for sure. Right. Right. And that's like, we preach that all the time. We're like, look, here's our expectations. We're a team, right? One of us failed, we all failed. So, you know, we right. need to push hard. That That's um, awesome. Is there, when, you, when you're hiring someone, is there certain questions or certain, how do you get a feel for someone in the right, with the right fit and the right culture? I, I get asked this a ton and I know we talked about it the other day. I, yeah, I want you to go in because I think it's so important because hiring the right people from the beginning is super important. We're surrounding that team, creating that team. But how are you able to, to fig, figure out who that is if they fit the Duke Aviation culture from the interview? It's hard, man. I'm not good at interviewing. I, I've like, that's something that I've like struggled to be better on it as well. I'm not the like most politically correct person either. So right. sometimes I gotta, but I, but I I gotta be think, careful on that, right? But, but I, I like that because I don't think interviewing, I think interviewing nowadays is, should not be politically correct. Yeah. It should just be a kind of conversation. Yeah, totally. Like what I really like to see is, you know, a lot of times newer pilots will try to beat the system some way, right? So like, oh, I don't want to go get my flight instructor's license because I'm going to try to get in the right seat of a jet and like get my time that way right. or something, right? Well, like in my mind, like, like that's a red flag. I'm like, well, nobody else beat the system. Like I expect you to put in the work. This is not a hand me out. You're going to work your ass off here, right? Right. And that's what we expect of you. And so I think that's a big part of it. I also go fly with them, right? And I'm like, hey, let's go fly. And right. And it's like- I Do a flying interview? Oh yeah, that's kind of bad. Like I'll take the I'll take the pilots. I'm like, hey, let's let's go, right? Like you go fly, and it's all the subtle stuff, right? I mean, I gain. I feel like I gain more on the non technical interview type stuff. Like how do they react with Claire, the head, one of our top employees, right? Right. How do they react with the other pilots? How do they react with the dude that's fueling the airplane up? That's what I'm more concerned about. You know, we go grab lunch. Like, are they a, are they an asshole to the waiter? Well, wow. if they're an asshole to the waiter, they're probably going to be an asshole to people in the company or something like that, right? So that's what I look more of just what type of person they are. In addition to, you know, if it's a pilot, what is their technical right. side of if they can actually fly the airplane? But man, those little subtle things are probably more, you know, anybody can fake an interview to right. some extent, right? Like, oh man, I can study and give you a, a bullshit answer. But is right. that really what type of person I am or am I just... Did, did someone teach you that to, to pay attention to those details? Or is it kind of uh, just naturally like you just... You just, it's just a feeling that you had. I think it's more of a feeling. Like, I'm a very right. social person. I right. love chatting with people and, and, I, and I don't like the technical interview process. Right. It's more of like, hey, let's just go shoot the shit for the day. Let's go on a trip. Right. I think it's just more of just my personality. It's taken me a while to realize, right? And put a, put a, a, a finger on what exactly I'm doing to get a gut feeling of whether or not I think they're right. a good employer. Or not. Well, I think that's awesome because I heard a story one time of this guy that I know 
or he was telling a story. A, a guy that I know was telling a story, and he was doing a uh, a, a very large nine figure deal. Oh, you know, over a hundred million guaranteed. He would be a part of the very very big deal, first deal of his life. You know, they're at a they're at a dinner, and it's just you know huge. And they were, like I said, at a dinner, and the way that the guy dealt with the waitress in the first five minutes of the, and, and this was a once in a lifetime deal. Like he's like, this is never, he's like, this was 10 years ago. Since then, it's never like a deal like this never come across my table. Yeah. He's like, but in the first five minutes, the guy was dealing with the way, you know, that, that was offered him the, the deal and a partnership. The, the first five minutes, the way he was dealing with the waitress, he was like, he stopped the meeting and was like, just the way that you're talking to her and you're dealing with her, I'm out. Thank you for your time and walked out. Yeah. He's like, I'm walking. He's like, he's like, I'm going down the elevator. It was, you know, a restaurant in a high rise. He's going down the elevator thinking, I just left, you know, nine figures on the table. But if he was dealing with him or, you know, if that guy was dealing with her, he didn't even know her like that. How was he going to deal with me? And he said that was the best decision he ever made because that guy, you know, what comes up comes down and yeah. the kind of, you know, karma hit up, got up to him. And he's, you know, he, he has that reputation and wants, wants to work with them. And he's like, I would have been a part of that reputation. So I think, that, I think that's huge. That's why I was interested if you ever heard any story like that or when I'm very aware, I'm very socially aware. And the way you're dealing with people, the way you're talking with people, the way you're, you know, dealing with people, you know, on there, like I, I try to be super nice to all the guys in the ramp and like, hey, thank you so much. Like, oh, like, you don't need yeah. to, like, I'll park my own car. Like, I just feel bad. Like, I just, whatever. And like, it's, it's um, you know, a couple of people are like, hey, man, thank you for, for hooking us up. Hey, thanks for, for being nice to us. Like we, you know, I'm sure they get a lot of shit working on the ramp. And, oh, yeah. and I mean, most people that have their own jet, right? If you're to stereotype everything, most people that own their own jet are probably not super nice people. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I've flown for a lot of those guys. I'm like, I'm not doing that, right? Like, right. I don't want to do. Right. There's, there's enough good people that appreciate what you do in your service on whatever that is, right? The dude mowing my yard, right? Like, hey bro, thanks a lot, man. You want, you want a glass of iced tea or? Right. right? Yeah, thank you goes so far. And I think, you know, a thank you and a sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. I dropped the ball today. Right. That's on me. Right. I'll get better. I'll learn from this. Right. It's powerful. Right. And people forget that. Right. Or like, ah, oh, man, like I'm the boss. I don't make any mistakes. Shit. Right. <laughs> you, you know, right. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, sure. come on, man. Like, you know, and, and, and you lose that level of respect. Anything that you try to build, you'll lose it. Right. If you're not really careful on how you react. And yeah. Cause that. eventually people just won't stand for it. Cause there will be somebody that just has better, better, a better person, better interactions, better culture that you want to go work with, work for, yeah. interact with some, in some shape, way or form that you just don't have to stand for it. Yeah. Like there's no, and there's no reason to, like, I don't think anybody should be in a situation they absolutely hate. I mean, that, that's just, if you, if you're sitting there and you absolutely hate what you do, like that's kind of on you. For sure. I, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot, there's enough opportunity, enough places to go and enough things to do. That that's on you. Like there's people complain about, I hate this and I hate that and I hate my boss and I hate the way I'm working. I hate the hours. I hate this. I hate that's that. Like, well, you must not. You must not hate it that much. Right, you're not doing shit about it. Yeah, because you're still working there. Right. I mean, when I was working for the airlines, I hated it. Right. That was my goal. Like I didn't have this plan. Whenever I quit, I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Right. For work, I don't know how I'm gonna make money, but I'm not doing this shit another day. And what did you say? You lasted like six months, three months, four, four months. <laughs> yeah. And good on you because you didn't have to stand for that. You didn't deserve it. That yeah. you, there was so much more out there and you knew the opportunities out there. You knew what you could do. You knew what kind of pilot you were in the, you know, time will tell. And it did. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's epic. When wrapping up again, dude, I just thank you so much for, for being on here. This has been no, awesome. It's been a, it's been yeah. a pleasure, man. Thank One you. last thing I want to put you on the spot for is uh success is what to you. How do you define success? 
Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of different definitions on that. I think in my mind, success is when you can take a dream and transition it into a goal, right? A dream without a goal is just a dream. Right. It's, it's essentially useless, right? And that's something that me, man, I had this dream, right? I was like, oh, I want to go and do this. I want to work for a good company. I want to go do that. I had no idea how to make it work. That was my, I took that dream, transitioned it into a goal and then made it happen. Well, that goal or dream, I mean, that's different for everybody. In my world, it was aviation and flying and stuff like that, right? Right. So I think being able to get a, get that dream transition into the goal and get a good execution plan on how to attain that goal, then you have something. Then you have success. Hell yeah. No, uh, I love that. Which I, I think about that all the time, right? Now yeah. when a dream pops up in my head, I'm like, how can I make that a reality? Whatever it right. is, right? Like, right. I want to no. be a better husband. I want to, whatever. I want to, you know, do something with a company, right? Like, For now, sure. what do we need to do to make that? Dude, that's awesome. Well, we'll leave it at that. I appreciate you for being on here, man. Thank I, you so much. Means a lot. It's always a pleasure. Sure. Thanks for listening to the Culture Camp Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star rating on your podcast player and share this episode with your team.